Welcome to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast, hosted by lead pastors Cassie and Alex Farron. Midtown Church exists to reveal the kingdom of Jesus together in Kansas City. This podcast explores ways in which we can become more like Jesus, reveal the places he is already working, and ultimately renew the reputation of the local church. Hey, welcome to the Midtown Church Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Today, I'm sitting down with our co-host and co-pastor, Cassie Farron. Hey, everybody. Also known as Wifey around my <laughs> residence. And that's actually where we are. We yeah. are recording in um, the Midtown neighborhood of Kansas City. And we're excited to bring the very first episode of the Midtown Church podcast to you. Yeah, we are from our 600 square foot apartment. Yeah, it's, it's small, but it's good. It's cozy. Cozy. That's a good word for it. Not <laughs> small. It's cozy. It's cozy. Uh, today we want to share a little bit about the Midtown Church story, particularly just the craziness involved with planting a church in a pandemic. And so, uh, Cassie, why don't you kind of start by sharing a little bit of that story? Why yeah. why plant a church in the midst of a pandemic? Yeah, you know, uh, we really wanted to start this first episode off by just helping you know a little bit more about us and our heart and why we exist and uh, some of the lessons we've learned along the way. So, um, yeah, just to give you a little bit of context uh, Alex and I got married and when we did we both kind of knew that we wanted to plant a church we felt like that was something that the Lord was asking us to do um, that was like part of the, the vocation of our life yeah. and so um, tried to figure out where that would be or what that would look like and uh, after a couple years of marriage really settled on uh, Kansas City yeah. and uh, began planning and thinking and dreaming uh, really the summer of 2019 so long before the pandemic ever happened, we had grand plans of moving to Kansas City, starting a church, had really actually put pen to paper, began coming up with what we call a ministry plan, which is yeah. like a, a gigantic document that essentially just gives all of the one-on-one yeah. things about your church. We had how many you know strategy sessions and plans oh, that kind of went out the window yeah. March yep. 2020. And they did. I mean, we found ourselves March 2020. We had planned to move to Kansas City that summer in the summer of uh, 2020 and um, had already kind of notified like our loved ones, our friends, our family, uh, even our bosses at our current place of employment. Um and yeah, pandemic strikes. <laughs> yeah, pandemic strikes, and and I think some really well-meaning people called to ask us the question that hadn't crossed our mind yet: Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah, we were kind of naive in a good way. Like, yeah, we're, like, we're we, still doing this. this we were listen. <laughs> we were we were in quarantine. We yeah. were still watching Tiger King and binging, <laughs> living. Oh yeah, like you, working extra on the church plan. Working yeah. extra. The thought that that the COVID-19 pandemic would last more than, I mean, we're, we're right on a year um, now, almost a year now. Honestly, we, I just assumed it would be a, a, just a couple months, you know, a blip on the radar. And it was with those questions that are like, are you sure you want to do this? That we both went to the Lord in prayer and you got this nice, encouraging, like, (laughs) 
hey, well, the I, Lord is, yes, is going before like us. He's, he, I got the encouragement, like, you need to have the faith and the vision and the courage to follow me into the places I'm already working. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it goes without saying, and it, it probably sounds really christian easy but like god knew there was going to be a pandemic in 2020 yep. when he called us to plant this church and he was already working and going on behalf of this not to mention the fact that i really think hindsight being 2020 haha <laughs> see what i did there mm. hindsight being 2020 um the pandemic very much was a gift to us in some ways planting a church and yeah. no way do i minimize the lives that were lost nor do i endorse the pandemic as, as a necessary or good thing to happen but i think the timing in and of itself was actually very much ordained of the lord so yeah, yeah. that was kind of what the lord told me but yeah. he told you something different yeah <laughs> I, yeah your encouragement of you know i've already prepared the way for you was matched by my the challenge i i really felt like i received from the lord which was if you claim to love a city you better be willing to suffer with it you better be ready to suffer with it. And so it was with that conviction that to love is to suffer alongside that we decided, you know, we we have to continue forward with our plans and that as a church, that as the church, we're called to be in the midst of those spaces of suffering, yeah. of of difficulty, of wounds, and to shine the brightest in those moments. To, yeah, yeah. We, we're re- that is that is our vocation as the church, and so with that in mind, we packed everything up and quit and our full time jobs, quit full time jobs when unemployment was at the highest yeah. since the great depression right yeah yeah it was crazy <laughs> said we're moving to kansas city moved to kansas city yeah. and uh yeah it's been a wild journey ever since then but yeah. to, to your point pastoring and planting in the midst of this has really just revealed we all have this innate need for community we all yes. have this innate um desire to be a part of um what god is doing and what he's building and and, yeah. and if anything the pandemic and this virus have unmasked the the ways in which we cope or we hide this reality that we're mortals. Yeah. Um, you know, we we can focus on our health, we can focus on our well-being, and we've extended life significantly over the last um, century. But here is this virus that steps in yeah. and really shatters the very foundations of. Yeah you know, who we are as, as an American public. And so there was just this sense of like, the, the church has a, a, a message, a good news hope in the midst of even something as devastating as the coronavirus. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think the pandemic has also allowed us to, um, I mean, you hear this often, but to be creative. And um, it's been really fun to be able to just try things and then them not work and move on. Like everybody's so flexible right now. Um, the ability to just be able to try something new as a church mm-hmm. planner and to be able to move on and try something different when it doesn't work um, is really fun and really unique because I think there's a lot of pressure usually on church plans to be like consistent and have a consistent message and yeah. a consistent plan. And although we do have those things undergirding what we do, um, we are able to be a little bit more creative and we are mm-hmm. able to try like some crazy ideas. <laughs> well, we, we have to be creative. Yeah, we like, do. The normal rhythm of gathering once a week on a Sunday morning is totally taken away from us in, in so many ways. And, you know, thinking about who the church is at its core, 
we're called to be, you know, kind of the imaginative people of God. Like we in Christ see a different type of future, a future in which the lion lays down next to the lamb, a future in which our swords and our weapons are beat into plowshares. And we have this future hope in Christ. And in, in, in so many ways, the church's vocation is to, to be that now. So I kind of joke, like, it's almost like fill of the future. We get to be that. We get to be. Yeah, millennial reference. (laughs) Shout out to all you Disney Channel people. Yes. We get get to be this future people in the present. And that requires a great amount of imagination and creativity. And in so many ways, the pandemic really has forced us into that space. It's forced us into that place of saying the things we've done for really about a century are, are now stripped away. Yeah. This is a great opportunity to innovate and to be it creative is. and in some ways to lean actually into some of the ancient practices. Um, so it's almost like rejecting the, the things that have we've really focused on over the last hundred years and focus on some ancient food. things. Yeah, the fast food things <laughs> um, and really get to focus in on some of the ancient things and some of the most innovative parts, yeah. um, which leads, you know, in, a really great segue into like what what are some of the lessons you feel like have come from pastoring and planting a church yeah. in the midst of this pandemic but really just planting a church at all in general yeah you know before i go into some of those things i do want to just briefly say we've really seen the provision of the lord in this season as we've worked to plant midtown church you know back in 2018 the summer of 2018 long before we even decided on kansas city alex had begun um investigating and hearing about uh the florida underground movement which i don't know tampa underground is what it's called i don't know if uh, any of you guys listening today are familiar with it but they really were on the forefront of a organized structured house planting church planting movement and we felt the lord really began prompting us Mm -hmm. to create what we have now called as micro churches and so we began putting together this strategy for people to meet intentionally in homes small groups of people in homes following an intentional spiritual track to to grow um their spiritual walk with the lord way before COVID-19 ever Mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. And when COVID-19 did happen, it was a moment for us to be like, oh, like, although it feels like we're making this up as we go, we're not making this up as we go. Like the Lord is guiding our steps. Like who would have thought that this is one of the only ways we -hmm. could actually be participating in ministry as a church. And we have already spent over two years researching and planning for it so um honestly i guess i wasn't planning on giving this (laughs) little tidbit but we have kind of learned like in moments where you feel like you're making it up like remember that the spirit is actually like leading you and sometimes the spirit leading you is not this like super spiritual like practice of like hearing something like audibly from the lord and writing it down sometimes it literally just happens in the mundane day-to-day problem solving Mm -hmm. and like the spirit is leading you even when, yeah, you just feel like you're making it up as you go along. Yeah. So yeah. Missiologists call it a disciple making movement and we're by no means the first to come up oh, with no. it. Yeah. Um, nor are we even the first in Kansas city to do it. No. Uh, you know, Kansas city underground um, who we're kind of 
becoming closer and closer friends with have been doing it well for a number of years. Um, And so we're not the first to claim any kind of house church Mm -hmm. movement, but um, steps ahead. Yeah. 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 In, in, in so many ways, there was just this preparation that was happening and this strategy that was birthed out of just a, a, a discontentment with the status quo that was really in many ways ahead of its time because then yeah. a pandemic hits in, in March of 2020 in the United States and here we are having everything is being pushed in that direction. And so there's so many yeah. ways that the Lord went before that yeah. and, and guided our, our dreaming, guided our brainstorming, yeah. guided our strategy. Yeah. So instead of being a church plant that had planned to launch, you know, with a larger model and then having to go back and like change that strategy, we already had the strategy in mm-hmm. place. And wow, what a gift from the Lord. Yeah. Um, you know, something else that I think we've kind of both learned as we have, just been on this journey together um is age alone does not determine one's ability so i just as a leader personally i've had to really work on over the last several years getting over just this insecurity of my age um you know i think in in church culture in general we have this um desire to honor up which let me just say i i am all about that i would not be who i am today without older individuals that have invested in me um, in incredible impactful ways uh, throughout my entire life. But sometimes we can uh, put experience over that of um, somebody's like call regardless of their age. So like just because somebody um, has a little bit more experience is is several years down the road for you are, they must have a better answer than mm. maybe you do. And I find that to be pretty problematic because we actually see in scripture several examples where that's not the case. Specifically, one of those examples can be found in Jeremiah chapter one. And I I love this passage of scripture. It was something that um, one of my Bible professors in college, we spent probably like three or four uh, class times on just piecing out and parsing out um, and thinking through because it has such incredible implications for um, people that are called into ministry, specifically young people that are called into ministry. You know, Jeremiah in this passage, uh, if you don't know much about um, the Old Testament, Jeremiah was one of the greatest and most well-known prophets during his time period. And uh, the Lord spoke through him consistently messages to give to the Mm -hmm. Israelite people. And in chapter one, we actually find Jeremiah and we hear the account of his call into Mm -hmm. his prophetic ministry of the Lord actually giving him this audible moment of like, I am calling you to be my prophet and my voice to the people of Israel. Mm. And as soon as the Lord gives Jeremiah this this call and this passion, the first thing that he does is say, oh, oh, no, no, Lord. Like, you, mm. it couldn't be me. It couldn't be me. And here's why. I can't speak well because I'm super young. <laughs> That's what he says. I can't speak well because I'm really, really young. Or in other words, like I lack experience because of my age. I can't do what you've called me to do. And you know what's so fascinating about this particular part of scripture is when we hear the phrase like I am only a youth, which is kind of what he uses here. We, yeah. we tend to think like maybe 20 something, right? Or maybe even 30. Yeah. Maybe even 30. No, 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 no. Jeremiah 
scholars think he was 13, 14, 15, 16 wow. years old. That's that's what we're talking about. Like he's, a teenager. He's in middle school. Yeah, yeah, he's in middle school or high school. Yeah. And the Lord says to him, you will be my prophet. Like, you are going to be my prophet. You're going mm. to be my voice. And it launches immediately Jeremiah into ministry. Yeah. And so if the Lord can call Jeremiah, you know, a 16-year-old, at the most conservative, a 16-year-old to be his prophet to all of Israel, if he decides to call him, like, he can call you, like, no matter your age, to do what he's asked you to do. And so I just consistently yeah. hark back to that in those moments where I'm feeling well, that insecurity. And, and I think that insecurity isn't just limited to um, ministry positions. It's really limited. Yeah, that's fair. I, I feel like a lot of people experience that, whether it's, you know, they have a desire to start a business, they have a desire to step out, mm-hmm. um, to do those things that kind of... I'm too young lie, I think creeps in quite a bit. And this isn't an either or thing. This isn't saying we need more young leaders or more young people stepping out at the expense of older people. It's to say that there's room at the table for For everybody's voice. And there's room at the table for all representations of the community of God. To be voiced equally. To be voiced, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think you bring up a good point that regardless of your age the spirit is still guiding christ can still be proclaimed regardless of whether your voice is cracking or (laughs) if your your voice is is more aged it the the big thing is that you are using your voice yeah you know my parents actually my my both my parents have been lay leaders and lay pastors actually in the church for over like 30 years. Um, and just recently, um, my dad specifically had a pretty major thing happen in his his career. His, he was a musician and um, kind of put him out of commission as in regards to that. And so they are actually planting a church now as well, which is kind of amazing. We did not plan it this way <laughs> for us to both be planting churches at the same time. But something my dad consistently says, and honestly he models, is he he's always telling me, Cassie, I feel like this is reverse mentoring. Hmm. Um, they have been incredible mentors to Alex and I during this process of church planning. Um, but my dad is constantly asking us questions, constantly picking our brains. Like he's able to garner things from us, ideas from us, as we are able to do the same with him. And hmm. My dad is like, you know, well, you know, obviously much older than we are uh, and yet can understand the value of hearing the perspective of somebody younger. And so I I think just really our relationship with my Mm -hmm. parents perfectly exemplifies what that relationship looks like, what it looks like to bring you know, two, two different age groups to, together and say, what can we learn from one another? Yeah. And I think that brings up something we've been talking a little bit about how just at the core of the church, one of the values is learning. I was just showing you something from, uh, this, this guy I absolutely love named Tim Mackey preaching on kind of the, the values of the church, particularly the early church. And he identifies, especially in Acts, um, 242, this really famous passage on who the church is that one of the early commitments was simply being a learning community. They dedicated themselves to the apostles' teachings. And part of being um, people who have an admiration for God at work in our midst, we we live in this 
we live in this creation that is charged with his presence. Mm-hmm. And so we get to be the people that are learning from one another. We get to be the people who are constantly um, expanding our our understanding of who he is. And I think this has been a season of where we're stepping out in imagination and creativity that we're just gaining a lot of insight from our peers, from those who are a couple steps ahead of us, from those who are, you know, 20 years ahead of us. But l- just being a learner has yeah. once again come to the forefront of essential for being a yeah. Christian. I mean, even just like as we talk about discipleship or apprenticeship to Christ, that's sitting ourselves at the feet of the teacher. Yeah. And taking the posture of a learner. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. To be a good learner, you have to be willing to listen. And I mm. think I think people get tripped up in in like stepping out and being a mentor for someone because they think or even just leading someone in general like being a micro church leader in our context because they think they have to have the right knowledge or all of the answers and here's the reality people nine times out of ten people don't want your knowledge people don't want to know like they don't want to know the magic answer they just want someone to listen to (laughs) yeah and like listen to them and so so much of exercising like your leadership gifts on all levels of leadership like maturity is not defined by age honestly it's defined by your ability and your willingness to lay down your own opinion to lay down your own thoughts to lay down your own knowledge your own understanding and be willing to be present and listen with someone that speaks volumes to people pastoring leading or even just being a good friend can be summed up in your ability to empathetically listen with someone and show it. Wow. What's so funny about that is that's probably the content of most lessons as a preschooler. Yes. <laughs> Just listen well. And listen so, well you know, and here, you'll go far in life. Yeah, here, here we are. You know, I'm 28, you're 26. Like looking back and going, yeah, well, that's a process you continue to learn. You continue oh, to yeah. learn how to be a good listener. And listen, I'm pretty bad at listening. Like, if we're being totally honest, like, I, it's not my strong suit. Alex will even tell you. I feel like he, <laughs> I feel like he, he is a great listener. I feel like at least. I don't know. I'm probably a little biased, but he's a great listener. And there have been a lot of moments where he was like, Cassie, I know you didn't mean it, but in that moment, I don't know that you listened to that individual well. And um, just having to grow in that when you're when you're not, it's just not your strong suit. It's not what you're naturally good at. It's so important to like growing in your maturity and mm-hmm. your growth as a leader and believe me I am not there but at the very least now I have the thought in my mind when I'm having a conversation with someone you know what let there be a pause here don't feel like you have to speak immediately and even just that little prompting that I'm hearing in my brain shows me that okay I'm learning something <laughs> I'm getting a little better here I'm yeah. starting to think of that every time I'm having a conversation with someone to wait to speak until I've really thoroughly listened to what someone says to wait for there to be a pause like for them to really have been able to like get out everything they hmm. wanted to say hmm. yeah it's funny after that pause sometimes the last 10 percent is is what comes yes. out it's like the thing that they want wanted to get to but they hadn't yet and so giving space for that pause and then you get that last you 10%. get the last 10 yeah. percent whenever you're willing to to i don't want to say suffer through it but for some of us it's a very that oh pause for me it's suffering incredibly suffering. awkward <laughs> it is yes. I, everything within me wants to die mm. yeah it's the truth yeah. listening listening well has been 
a, a, a consistent lesson and theme for us as we've we've been growing and, and doing this yeah. um what what else have do you feel like you've been learning as we've planted this church yeah i feel like we've got time for at least one other thing you know i i like to listen to a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. um alex knows this about me i am a podcast junkie yeah um and one of the podcasts is podcast that i specifically love it's called how you built this it's an npr podcast by uh, guy Raz, and it's essentially a podcast that just interviews like entrepreneurs people that have started businesses whether they be small or large and like helps kind of talk through like how they got to be where they're at like what created their success like what defined who they were the challenges the struggles they went through and you know a consistent theme throughout every single episode like you can't listen to one episode and this theme not exist it's that anything worth doing requires sacrifice Hmm. Some sort of sacrifice. And, you know, in a day and age where I feel like there are a lot of people that just want to do something that's, that's like, meaningful we or, like, follow our dreams, right? It's like, I just want to follow my dreams. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I want to, like, achieve this amazing creative thing that I have within me. Unfortunately, we don't always think about or take into consideration what it's going to take to get there. And the reality is, like, anything that's Mm. worth doing anything that's going to make a difference in this world like anything like that is going to require sacrifice on your part and if you're going to chase after it like you need to know that and you need to go into it like knowing this is my sacrifice and for alex and i like church planning has been that for us and there have been multiple moments when we've had to look at each other and Mm -hmm. say like this is our sacrifice yeah. Well, I, I think whenever you, you start anything, there's no way to know like all the things that you will sacrifice. No. So there's almost this committing to the to the unknown, committing yeah. to to unknown pain, if yeah. you will. Rejection and uncertainty are the only things that are certain <laughs> when you start a new thing. Oh. <laughs> well, that's the end of this podcast. <laughs> Everyone's like discouraged. They're like, yeah. I'm never going to do Rejection anything. and uncertainty it's are the true. only It's true. They're things. certain when you start something new. Inevitably, there's going to be someone who doesn't like what you're doing or disagrees with you. And inevitably, like, there's going to be so much uncertainty surrounding. Mm-hmm. Like, there are going to be so many moments when you're sitting there and you're like, what the, what am I doing? Like, what, <laughs> what did I just do? Why, like, why did I, why, like, why did I do this? We just quit our full-time jobs with benefits. Like, yeah. when unemployment's the yeah. highest it's ever been since the Great Depression, to plan a church when people can't physically gather. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> which, which says that, like, as a leader, one of the greatest traits you can have is just an ability to tolerate pain or even risk I would say or even yeah yes. take the risk and and live like I would to be s- risky. I would I would say living in uncertainty is kind of a place of painfulness that mm-hmm. your control is out of your hands yeah and so one of the aspects of being a leader is is living in the midst of that unknown in in a healthy way yeah and uh yeah it's really really uncomfortable isn't it oh yeah it's so uncomfortable I church planning has been like an incredible absolutely incredible experience one of the most rewarding things we've ever done in our life but has also been the most stressful Mm -hmm. the most difficult the most uncertain Mm -hmm. um the most scary the most financially like 
unstable thing we've ever done. And um, that's the thing, though. Like, we would have not been able to see any of the things, incredible things that have happened over the course of this last year, had we not been willing to say we're going to take these risks. But what good story starts with, yeah, I didn't take any risks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like what good endeavor or like good business or anything starts with like, oh, it was super easy. Yeah. Not yeah. one. There's there's not a story that begins with, yeah, I didn't risk anything and then I got here. I, one of the things we kind of say to each other, especially after a, it, an incredibly difficult day, is this is hard, but it's worth it. Yeah. And just that reminder that this was like the pain was always going to be a part of the journey. And that it's not an indication that something's going wrong, but actually that things are probably going right. Uh, And that this was always a part of the plan. Thanks for listening to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast. To find out more or to join a church gathering, check out our website at midtownkc.church.